Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. I am your host, Adam Chapman, and sitting with me today is... Paul Squarez. And today we're just going to talk about some of the comics that came out this past week. Uh, this past week being August 8th. Um, so, Paul, let's go to you first. What have you read this week, or what, have you, what did you enjoy? What did you flip through? What did you think was interesting? Based on the comics that came out this week? Based on well, you did just okay. Let's let's, let's step back for a behind, second. Yes. You've been behind for a while because you have a newborn, so obviously yes. you've been very uh, behind with your reading. Shame on you as a comic reader. Yes. Shame. Yes, thank you. Good on you as a father. Shame <laughs> on you as a comic reader. Indeed. Um, so you've been ca- catching up. So what was the majority of what you've been reading then? A lot of my reading this uh, past couple of days was uh, catching up on all the AVX stuff. Okay. Uh, so the last two rounds of that, the main series, the latest verses with Thor and Emma and uh, Silas and Daredevil, um, and then a whole bunch of various little tie-ins and things. So have you how have you been enjoying AVX now that you're finally caught up and now I can finally talk to you about it? <laughs> well, AVX as a whole has been, I guess, a little bit flip-flop series. I guess one of the things that I've had a really hard time with is just, especially with getting my books in, in big chunks, mm-hmm. is where everything falls together. You oh, yeah. Know? Um, and I wish maybe even Marvel or someone had published just a timeline checklist that I can kind of follow so I'm not totally lost in some parts. So you, you wish it was Onslaught. You wish you had Phase 1, Phase 2, Impact 1, Impact 2. Yes, we've talked about this. I love the Onslaught yeah, format. It's I, my I do agree. Uh, the, the issues don't do a very good job of telling you where they take place in the chronology. Some of them do. Uh, the new Avengers one that you didn't read that came out this week. <laughs> uh, of all the books you did read, you yes. did read that. Uh, that was a very big one where it was like, where exactly does this take place? Because okay. it involved the Illuminati getting together, and they're waiting for Namor to show up. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm guessing this is before he was depowered, but I have to wait till I get to the end of the issue to find out for sure. And it was kind of like, maybe they should have done a better job in releasing this. But that's been the case before with Brian Michael Bendis' tie-ins to any series. Uh, if you go back, Secret Invasion, all those, like, they, they, he always kind of, he's always feels like he's lagging behind. So, okay, so you're caught up on AVX, you feel it's a flip-flop, where do things take place? In terms of the main series, what do you think? Um, I've enjoyed it as a whole. Um, interesting twist with, with you know, them defeating Namor and suddenly his powers going away and sucking to the other two, mm-hmm. or other four, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following issue, I guess, Magic and the Colossus are now considered depowered, is that... What uh, happened with the boom and the volcano there? It did seem like it. Yeah. I don't think it was conclusive, but... Not entirely, but I think that's what happened. Like it. I, that's what, it seemed that's what I got out of it. Did it seem a little it, easy? It did. That Spidey just made them kind of beat up each other and do it, and off-panel almost, which is yeah. really strange. And Spider-Man should be dead. Like, really dead. Like, I know... I know they they fried Hawkeye and they kept him alive, so I know they they can do it. But it seemed like he got a lot more punishment than usual. Yeah, he got Phoenix Colossus to the face. Like, like I know he's strong. They even mushed his face in the panel. Like it's now. Aren't you glad that John Romita Jr. wasn't doing that oh, issue? Because man, especially if you go back to like uh, his work on Spider Man seventy five when he did Revelations for the Clone <laughs> Saga, it was just mushy faces. It was it's brutal. That, that was his version of you got your face punched in. There's no line yeah, on your face. It's, it's just this yeah this weird mush, uh, which is not. Not good. Yeah. So thankfully, he's not doing this issue. Um, yeah, I don't know if, he, if they're depowered or not. That's a good question. Um, I'm still not so sure how I feel about the whole. It's very like Cyclops is the bad guy now, and let's all face off against him. And it, it's going that way. It looks like and you know, like and especially with Xavier being like, you know, you got to stop this. I'm gonna smack you down. I'm like really, yeah, yeah. Daddy's come to finally do something about. Which I kind of felt like really, Xavier. Where have you been? Like. <sighs> What an absentee father. <laughs> Dude, where has he been since, like, Messiah Complex? Like, it's... Well, he did get shot in the head. Right, and they should have him dead. Because what he's done 
since now, then to now, has been absolutely nothing. Well, he had his own journey of self-discovery, and then after Which that... was terrible. Yeah, after that, though, where has he really been? Yeah. He's been hanging out with his son somewhere on the beach. <laughs> yeah, we see that quick that glance. That quick glance. Of all the quick of. glances we've gotten, that one, I was most confused. I'm like... And there is no book for this. No. So, like, I would love to read that book, Xavier and Son, just frolicking on the beach. <laughs> but maybe we'll get that soon because X Men Legacy will be the book starring Legion. So, yeah, well, we will pass the APX at that. What point. kind of book is that going to be? Oh, like, man. I feel like that book should be written by someone. But Grant Morrison should write a Legion book. That like, he's just the right kind of twisted mentality that he could make that one of the best reads ever. Adam, no one will get it. No. <laughs> Of course no one will get it. That's the point. Cause, and then all the Morrison fans will quiz. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. Obviously, you can tell we're not huge fans of Morrison. I like some of his stuff. No? Not nothing? Not even All-Star Superman? nothing. No. Now, what kept you away from All-Star Superman, though? Was it the Quietly Art, or was it the Morrison story? Both. Really? Both. I read that, uh, I think it was the fourth or fifth issue, when him and Lois, he's fighting over some, with some other guy over Lois. Samson and yeah, uh, yeah, two time tra- two time travelers, something like that. Yeah. It was just horrible. I guess really, it didn't. Vomit, it, it was Silver Age fun, but see, but in I a modern DC context, full, Silver Age has no context to me. I guess, right, so. but I, well, I mean, for me, Silver Age in general, and this is just comics in general, were more fun comics. Sillier comics were in the, you know. 60s and even late 50s if you count that as the Silver Age. It was it was, it was these fun frivolity comics. It was all frivolous stories. You should read the World's Finest Collection I have, the showcase. Ridiculous. Superman, Batman team-ups. The, the Batman doesn't even need to be there. <laughs> but they always come up with these really lunatic ways of him being there with Robin. And I'm like, really? He doesn't need to be there. So Morrison was channeling that. Whether or not that's your taste, I guess, is the question. Yeah. I, I personally enjoyed that. I haven't enjoyed a lot of Morrison, but that one I will. I will say I enjoyed. Um, yeah. no, certainly back to AVX then. Yes. As a total. Uh, we'll go on a lot of tangents on this show just so you know <laughs> way ahead of time, everybody. I think they would have figured that out after the first point. Yes. Um, um, but overall, you know, I haven't been disappointed with the event. Like, it's okay. not like fear itself. Or it's like, okay, like, what? where is this going? Who cares? Um, I have been disappointed you know. with the tie-ins in general. I don't think they have proven as interesting as they could. Yeah, because there's I, so many, and I, it's hard to keep them track of them. But yeah. a lot of them don't seem like like it used to be. Tie-ins at, did flesh out parts of the story. Yes, I'm, again, if we, I grew, I was a child of the '90s comics, and as, as were you. So it felt like those ones were more. They were more important to the overall story, and they played well, but they didn't make it so that you were missing something, but you really did get something extra. Yeah. Like, growing up, I didn't I didn't actually read all the Onslaught Impact issues. I didn't need to, because they weren't integral, but they were still important if you wanted to kind of see the overall impact of what was going on with Onslaught. Now I've gone back and I've read them, like, that's actually pretty cool. Yes. It's the proper way of doing a crossover, at least in my eyes. I know you feel most of the same. Exactly. This one, I feel like I've read, read issues, and, like, this, the, the whole Suicide Squad... Not Suicide Squad, obviously. The Suicide Team going up in the space. space. Yeah, their stories were told in these tie-ins. They were not told at all in the main series, and they, they meant nothing. And they had huge events. Captain Marvel come back from the dead. Pretty huge. I mean, I know it's the second time it's happened in five years, but it's still big. It's still a big thing. And then it doesn't go anywhere. It didn't even feed into Carol getting a new costume, which is what I thought they were doing with it when I first saw it. Everybody and, yeah. thought that. Not at all. It was totally separate. Odd. It was its own completely different story path which has not been explained so i don't know what the point of some of these tie-ins is though we were talking before the show about uh the new avengers issue where the danger had them all in prison yes great issue didn't add a thing 
Like it didn't. You did. You could have not read that issue, and you wouldn't have missed anything, because a lot of that whole captivity thing isn't even felt in the main book, because you don't ever see, except for in the most recent one with Limbo, the Limbo prison. You don't really see where people are being kept, or that you don't even feel their absence. No, I guess I, maybe it was just something to flesh out more that you know. The it X-Men made the X Men look. Bad guys here, right? It made them look more villainous, and yeah. that, again, that made me feel more like a civil war situation where every tie-in made Iron Man look like a dick. Whereas in the main book, he didn't come off like a dick. If you actually read that book, Civil War, just the core series, he comes off okay, like He's not just the greatest. Fighting for his side of He's it, fighting yeah. for his side. You read all the tie-ins. He is Hitler. He is twirling his mustache and being <laughs> a, a gigantic asshole. And it's just, it's unfortunate that, that it's only the tie-ins that seem to do that. I feel the same way here. The X-Men only look worse than the tie-ins. It doesn't help that there's so many more Avengers books these days. So many more. It feels like, I mean, I like the Avengers, but I kind of miss the days when there was one title. or well, two, if you go back a little farther than you go back to West Coast. But now there's, like, how many are there? There's Avengers, New Avengers, Technically Secrets, Dark Avengers. and Academy. Secret Avengers, Avengers there's Academy. four, I guess, Avenger books. On the and then you side. have, yeah. I'm glad that the solo titles don't seem to be getting in on the, on the action. And then on the X-Men side, you've got uh, Uncanny... Uh, Wolverine, Wolverine and the X-Men which, that's pretty, and Legacy and that's it it's a three I guess that's it And yeah. well then they have a bunch of X-Men books that aren't tying in which feels awkward it's just like why? what made them so special yeah there's a lot of books that are just going on their merry way as if nothing is actually happening outside of Marvel Universe and so. I mean I guess that's fine it feels weird to to especially like I like Amazing Spider-Man no mention and it feels a little weird when it's such a huge event that's obviously taking a lot of time yeah. and yet there's no impact outside of a few books. Exactly. And, and that's, that's why you go back to the Onslaught model, right? You're reading Spider-Man, and suddenly one day he's fighting Sentinels. What's going on, right? <laughs> so it's great, because you know, he's doing his normal thing, but suddenly here's this big thing that's affecting the whole Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a part of it. But I guess there's probably a huge discrepancy with how many books were published then to what's now, and you couldn't do it kind of the same way now. This and, is true. There and, are more titles generally, and it is harder to do that. But I think... A general sense of cohesion isn't that hard to do. Yeah. I guess, but at the end of the day, if you did get every book involved, it would feel like overkill. Sure. I mean, we can say, well, it feels like it does, it's not a real event because it's not being reflected in all these books, but then the minute they, they are reflected in all those books, we're going to be like, we're going to cry foul and say there's too many tie-ins, and they don't know add something to the story, which is also true. So they are damned if they do and damned yeah, if they, they don't. don't. I know. So I do appreciate that they're in a tough spot. It just... No matter what, I'm, I guess I'm going to be a little bit unhappy. Yeah, no, it was, it's always going to be possible to make everyone happy, and that's going to be the way anything ever is in life in terms of media of any kind. True. But you have tons of characters from both sides, tons. Mm-hmm. And you have various rosters and various books, so you have the opportunity here to make it all cohesive if you had put it all together properly. Because, you know, as soon as the Phoenix Five hit, you know the entire X-Men side became about these five characters at this point, mm. right? Everyone else is pretty much off the grid doing small, random things. There's in the background. Yeah, though. like Wolverine still has to make a part, but he's pretty much Avengers, you know, yeah, at totally. this point. Like, he was maybe a little flip-flop at the beginning. I'm surprised there hasn't been own. more... Yeah, there's, they, have, they haven't done anything with really the feeling on the people who've turned to the Avengers side instead of the X-Men. Like, where's Beast? Like we, he's he, been off the map. Like yeah. he, a lot of characters he, just disappeared. These characters should have a lot more to say because they're more involved with Scott. And you'd yeah. think that there'd be a lot more character development going on there. Like, like Beast has for years has been breaking away from Scott, and that was nice to see that he's kind of he's really gone his own yeah. way. Well, why can't we see him more here? Like, well, there was that last thing. I guess it was uh, maybe AVX two issues ago where he was talking with Captain Wolverine, and Wolverine said something. Okay, we gotta go put him down. 
and Beast is like, hey, I've had enough of this garbage. And walk away from both of them, too. So Whose side is he on? He's just like, I'm yeah. going away. I'm going to go and sit somewhere in my lab. So, like, and I'm going to come up with a new legacy virus to cure. Because like, you know, that was the only time the character was ever driven. If you actually look at the character's entire history, that's the only thing that ever was like that made you want to read about Beast. Yeah. Because he's never really had a character arc at all. Like Even when he became a mutated monster the first time... He was kind of okay with it. Like, right. A, a few months later, he was an Avenger hanging out with Wonder Man. And right. then going to movies together and chilling out and being like this great duo. So I I wish that we got more development from him because this is the time to do it. Yeah. And we're he's, not going to. original X-Men. Like all the original X-Men should be heavily involved with this because of Cyclops. And it's weird too to see that the X-Men are just kind of falling in line when in AVX they portray them as being so villainous or very like cold yet everyone seems to be following them no problem. At well, least Storm kind of turned. At least but... until the newest issue and then although now you haven't read it again again but uh, Which one? New Avengers. The oh, newest Avengers, issue. Okay, yeah. They address like they're, they kind of ask Mr. Fantastic what side are you on? <laughs> and he has an interesting response which I won't say anything okay. about it but like which actually made me feel okay well why can't we get more of this like all we see in AVX now is them hunting the Avengers we don't get to see any more of we have that one issue where they talk about their world building and all the good things they're doing for the world and then we completely veer away from that and we only get the Avengers perspective which is them hunting them down we don't get an equal perspective of the X-Men being like, this is why we have to hunt down the Avengers. Right. We get a brief idea, but then, but whenever Cyclops says it, he looks so villainous when he says it. Like they draw him like with this angry scowl, like, you know, no more Avengers. Well, so obviously he's not a good guy. Like, no. they're, they're not allowing there to be any shades of gray, which well, sucks. Because I, growing up, was an, Avenger, uh, sorry, an X-Men fan. I love the Avengers, but, I mean, the I, X-Men was my franchise. Yeah, was and for the last people's. few years, it just feels like they get dumped on. Oh, and, been bad. and their stories haven't been that great. They've had some good stories and then some really bad ones. They moved, they moved um, to um, San, Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, where all the hippies are. We yeah. had that weird hippie storyline. Then we have some good stuff. Yeah. Then we have some bad stuff. Like, well, and, just, they, that and they turned over that little compound they had over the course of what I felt like two issues and then yeah. boom, have Utopia rise what from was the, the What was the point of the, all that development? Yeah. Like, yeah, we have this whole new thing and, well, I guess they don't have Warren's money anymore anyway, right? Isn't Warren, Warren's legally dead. Yeah. At, at this point, yeah. I don't even know. Well, as much as I've, Utopia then? I as much know. as I've enjoyed Uncanny X-Force, it does make me confused about, I, I kind of miss Archangel being pretty easy to understand as a character i just feel like he's been they've messed with him so many times in the last couple of years with him becoming archangel again and having the two personalities although it was good i felt like i didn't know the character anymore and then they killed him and now he's weird now he acts more like angel did in, in ultimate x-men when he first showed up actually yeah which i didn't like then i don't want it <laughs> yeah. and, and then they've taken like i kind of feel like uh like iceman did in, in wolverine the x-men where he's like well, where's my friend what the hell happened like that's how i feel as a comic reader right i mean although so that makes me have a lot of sympathy for dc fans because none of their friends are back sorry that's a tangent <laughs> molly west yes. still not around all right um you said you you've kind of half read deadpool kills the marvel universe number two yeah i took a glance at it uh it's pretty crazy um even even isn't it just kind of a Deadpool story? That's kind of what Deadpool already does, just actually doing it, right? Yeah, like he well, kills people already, but now he's killing. Yeah, people I'm not we know. sure what his motivation is. What they've given him his motivation to kill everyone off. Um, 
but uh, you know when he close he woke to... up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, did, no, does he need much more motivation? Sure, than sure, that? sure. Um, Today I'm going to do this. I'll, I can talk to him more when I read it. But uh, it's it's crazy. Like when he when he off Spider Man, he goes that felt good. No, amazing actually. <laughs> right, little clips like that. Um, you know, the Avengers he decimates in a very uh, unique way. Um, you know, and, and, you th- and you think one of these kind of books, like, obviously, is kind of a side and it's for fun. Uh, to do something kind of off the wall and crazy, and I can appreciate that. But man, it makes it look so easy, you know. Yeah. Like, you wonder how. You well, they've done so many of these now. These kill the Marvel universe. Like it used to be, it was exactly. just the Punisher was the first one, but yeah. now, it's, yeah, they keep coming up with new ways to do it. But it does seem easier each time. Yeah. Like it should be really hard. Yeah, it's it not. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Although if you read a lot of all the, the the most classic old F, uh, what if issues, it was pretty easy to make the world go to hell. So I mean, yeah. It is too bad that it seems that simple. It, well, it's, well, it's funny that you just look at it and go, oh, yeah, I guess we can just do that. And um, so, I don't know, should I say, say how they do it? I don't know. Uh, anything, but... Yeah, well, okay, we're, we're, we're going to spoil Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe number two. I'll probably put that in the show notes afterwards. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Spoil. Well, okay, because from what I see, like, the way he kills Spider-Man is kind of unrealistic because he gets shoots in the head, essentially. Okay. I know he distracts him with something, but I really doubt uh, you'd be able to blow Spider-Man's head off. It'd be, it was, that was a little far-fetched. I don't know. Craven's last hunt, he he tranked him pretty easy. With he shot him, and then he woke up buried alive. Like it's happened. Okay, sure. But I agree with you. These days, it seems uh, yeah. In a regular continuity story, that would never happen. But it's kind of like uh, the way they make the the Spider Sense book in movies. They allow a lot of things to happen in the movies that would never happen in the comics because they actually use his Spider Sense. But they need it as a plot device, and they let it happen. So okay, so shoots him in the head. So he does. Um, essentially, that's it, eh? Just. Eventually, oh, they, was, yeah. it, was it at least a cool fight? Yeah, it was at least it was a few panels, and they were going, and uh, then I guess at the end of the day, a distraction happens, and then he, and he blows his face. I off. feel like it would be easy because against Deadpool, he'd be trying to because the way they built them up over the last few times they've met, they're just out quipping each other, right? And, and they don't really take it as seriously. So I feel like it'd be easy to kill him in that, like if like if, it's basically like, oh, I'm hanging out with my buddy, or just kind of slapping each other around, bang, I'm dead. Yeah. Like, Whereas if he was fighting against like Doctor Octopus or something, he can respond quicker because he knows Doc Ock isn't having fun with him. Well, he might be, but like he's going to kill him. Whereas with Deadpool, he's not really usually trying to kill him. So true enough. I don't know. I'm just trying try to come up with ways where it's not as lame as it seems. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, with the Avengers, uh, they're all standing in front of their big Avengers table, right? <laughs> And uh, obviously, Bill's going to kill Spider Man. They go, oh, crap, what are we going to do about this? Deadpool's on the range. we got to do something about it. Suddenly, in teleports on top of the table, a mass of explosives. <laughs> Boom! That's it. Goes off, annihilates the mansion. Everyone, and you see skeletons, everyone's dead, right? It worked into Avengers Assembled, essentially, right? right? Um, <laughs> like, so he nukes the mansion, kills off a majority of them. Luke Cage gets up out of the rubble. Okay. Um, and then I, I didn't, again, I glanced through this very quickly. Um, then he did something. To, I he made him swallow something, or whatever. Okay. Poison him because he sees smoke coming out of his nose and ears and stuff, and so Jesus. he falls. And then Thor comes into play, and uh, he has Ant Man's helmet under his shoulders, his pin particles, and make Mon- uh, Molnir monstrously huge and crushes him with his own hammer somehow. I guess. Did he, that even happen? Well, I guess, I guess he was holding the hammer back and was throwing it at him. Oh, and, it hit, and, and, it hit him? At, and then he made it massive, and then it crushed him. Okay, so that's, that's funny, I think actually. that's what happens for the most part. Again, with the glance, um, and then wow. with uh, at the end there, he fights Hulk. Hulk owns him at first, 
Um, and then, uh, okay, Hulk thinks the battle's won, whatever. Uh, and then I guess he gets tired and becomes Banner and is sleeping. And then in his sleep, while he's Banner, oops, surprise, here I am. And he gets sliced and diced into a thousand pieces okay. uh, in his sleep as Bruce Banner, which is how he kills the Hulk. Okay. So I, and the next issue, that I basically... seems realistic. That, that one works. If you were yeah. trying to kill him, that's... Yeah, it's a gruesome... Why haven't they done that already? Like, you, you'd think, well, gr- usually they say, well, I try to shoot myself in the in the. Usually he's conscious, then, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Apparently Banner should have thought of that. Hire some assassins and go to bed. Yeah. Take some sedatives, go to bed. That might be a better plan. Um, and then the next issue, I guess we'll see how he decimates the X-Men. I guess that's where we're going next. So It's kind of fun to have that thing going on right now in the, in, in the heat of AVX. Yeah. Um, Seems like, yeah, and kind of an yeah. interesting title to, to put out at that yeah. point. Of course, in that last round of AVX, you having Colossus smash his face in, he survives, but both the head will take him down. Like, um... Yeah, well, <laughs> he's obviously got a very strong, strong skull. Yeah, that really bugged me, because it just didn't seem... I like that they gave him some really good characterization, and and he was that whole thing about, you know, when you're when it's your turn to, be, to kind of stand up, you got to stand up. Yeah. I like that. That was great. I just wish that maybe the art... Maybe the problem is with the art. Maybe the story wasn't written like, you know, he's bashing his head in. But the, right. when Kubert actually did the... Was it Kubert? Yes. That yes. Issue? He just made it so visceral that it seemed like, okay, he should be dead. And so maybe... It, um, it may have just been the artist making it a little bit more dramatic than it needed to be and more action and more brutal. Because um, that does happen. I mean, um, I don't know if... You know how uh, Yellow Jackets, you know... Back in his history, hit Wasp, right? Yeah, because you know, he's a he's a white beater now. Uh, well, way back in the day, the original script had him basically accidentally hitting her. But when the artist, I think it was Colin or someone like or Brissema, they actually made it look more like a deck. But it was an artist interpretation of the script, but it wasn't in the script per se. Wow. So, but so, but that's an iconic piece of Yellow Jacket's history. Everyone knows Hank Pym is a, is a white beater, but it was an accident, and it was and then it was published, and no one really caught. And like the artist didn't have to show the writer that goes to the editor right so when the artist writer found out about it he's like well that's not really what i had in mind but all right let's let's roll with it and obviously they did but like so that kind of artist interpretation can really change the story so maybe us thinking that man spider-man should have been dead is more cute more of the fault of cubert than than uh who wrote the most recent issue was it hickman or bendis it was bendis it was bendis okay yeah. it did feel a little talky yeah that's how you know <laughs> Lots of dialogue. If there's a lot of dialogue in a very short space and not a lot going on in the panel, you're pretty sure it's a Bendis book. Yeah. Um, now, did you also read Scarlet Spider? Yes. Texas uh, yes. Twisters? Or? Yeah, yeah, the Rangers there. The Rangers? Rangers. How do you feel about that storyline? Like, I I don't know. Well, I guess here's where they bring in Roxon. I guess that'll help build up to Minimum Carnage because, you know, you have Venom having issues with Roxon too. Oh, know. Minimum Carnage. Um... um I'm still really sad about Stegman being gone, so it's really hard for me to enjoy the book, um, which is really narrow-minded, and I know that. But fair enough. I love Stegman's work on this book. Obviously, I, as we discussed before the show, yeah. not such a big fan of his work on Fantastic Four, so I'm wondering how much of it was him and how much of it was the colorist and the anchor when he had Scarlet Spider. Yeah. But um, it's still good. It still looks good. It just doesn't it ha- True, but it still has the same atmosphere. They didn't go in and absolutely change it like you look at wolverine and x-men right now right you have bookshallo and you have oh yeah you get uh, what's uh, Brad, Brad bradshaw is it i think so you, yeah. get, you get whiplash from reading that book yeah um so actually it, most of the avx tie-ins like uh, uncanny x-men like when you went to the sinister stuff it was like what is this i can't even read this yeah not to, uh, that's a digression but that's a terrible tie-in 
do not care about Mr. weird Sinister. Victorian Mr. Oh, Sinister. Brutal. Yeah. I, I appreciate that he was alive in that age, but don't make him that. Like, yeah. where, where's my Mr. Sinister with the weird Ripley cape? And, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the hmm, and always Sinister a, knows what your future holds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where, where's that Mr. Sinister? Yeah, like, yeah. we haven't had that guy for years. Oh, I know. He's just really weird now. Very really strange. Yeah, have not enjoyed any uncanny X-Men since their relaunch. No, it's an interesting premise, I guess, behind all the clone stuff, but, like, I miss, I miss, you know, Mr. Sinister Prime. No. It's still better than the weird Miss Sinister. Oh. Remember when he was a girl? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's one of the things yeah. I was like, I don't want to read this. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I totally took us off topic. That's we're, okay. We're I know, you see, in, in comparison to, of art styles, you have, you know, mm. the two different artists on Wolverine X-Men, the book looks totally different. True. Right? At least with this, Yes, it's a different artist, but the whole feel and look of the book is still the same or very close True. to what was there previously. So it's not like a huge departure. Now I have scratchy, very dark art that doesn't seem to fit the feel we've been given the first six issues. Well, so. not, I'll admit that's true. He's, he's definitely trying to ape the same style. Yeah. And the, so it's I'm kind of, if you, uh, if you go back and read the very early Mark Bagley stuff, you can tell he was trying to mimic Larson because he was right on the heels of Eric Larson mm-hmm. on Amazing Spider-Man. And then he developed his own style. It was still him. Like You can yeah. still look at that stuff and be like, that's Mark Bagley. But it's not quite as defined as it got later. It's a little looser. It's kind of like when Larson replaced McFarlane. It was the same kind of thing, trying to ape, keep that general consistency in the visual flow. So, yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you that. It's yeah. some of uh, Fam's best stuff because it looks still like a statement, but lacking that poppiness. No, I, I absolutely agree. It's and, still... I, and I know that's like, it's my fault as a reader. It's not in any way the reflection of the artist because he's doing such a good job he on is. it. Yeah. It's just. I love the other guys so much. And yeah, like, I know. I know. You know, it's 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 like you know you're breaking up with this girl who's amazing, and you have this other <laughs> girl who's still good, but you're still it's pining for that old one. You yeah, know, and step back. I know. yeah, and which is so. Well, hopefully, with you know, Fantastic Four being relaunched, uh, he might get moved back or something. Yeah, like that I would happen. hope. I hope he gets a Spider Book. Yeah. If he gets Amazing Spider Man, oh my god, just give him the same creative team, like the same inker and colors from Scott Spider, and that would be the yeah. best book in the stands. Yeah. Because as much as I like Amazing Spider Man. I'm not totally sold on Giuseppe Camincoli, I believe is the current artist. Yes. In the current arc. I'm not huge. He's good, but uh, sometimes I, I feel like it could be a little bit more classic looking. Or Like, I, I look at it, and sometimes I forget. It's not as uh, memorable, I guess. Like, there have been some artists, like Humberto Ramos. I'm not a huge fan of his work in general, especially in his more, uh, when he was doing a, um, Death, in, Death in the Family. Yeah, he did that that Green Goblin story with the... You don't you don't know of any day. I'm not when, when the goblin first showed up in that weird costume with like the rip leather stuff. That no nothing nothing. You give me nothing. How how back what? How far back we're going? About yeah. 2001. Okay, no idea. No, uh, Jenkins is writing Peter Parker Spider Man at the time, and Ramos his style was much more exaggerated then. He's toned it down since then, so I like him more uh-huh. when he started doing big time, which is much better. Because okay. um, the Ramos to me, I didn't even know he existed until like, he started doing those. Uh, sorry, he started doing those Wolverine Civil War issues. Okay, like, that's when I first. That's when you noticed sh- him. That's when you first yeah. knew him. Okay, like, I'm sure. Like he's got a lot. My, my knowledge of comic books now is huge. Of who was working on the books, writing and hmm. doing the art. Back then, I just read them and I didn't really give a flying for do. Um, so it wouldn't really. There's no connection there. Okay. So I prick a little like, oh, this is his work. And I, I, I go read older issues and re- I recognize old baby mm-hmm. stuff, all this and that. So, oh, okay. this is cool. My God, he's been doing this for ages. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, um, So it's all just evolved. That's my comic book knowledge. Okay. Yeah, Ramos. Yeah, Ramos. Well, well, to be fair, 
to you as well. I mean, Ramos was mainly a DC artist for many years. Oh, there you go. Um, so you wouldn't have probably been as exposed. I think he, I forget now, I think he did a lot of stuff on Impulse after Michael Ringo. Uh Sorry, where were we? <laughs> Oh, we Art Styles, Scarlet Spider. I said Scarlet Spider, yes. Yeah, Scarlet Spider. Uh, overall story, uh, I kind of miss them doing the done in ones or like the two issue arcs. This is already issue two. There's still a third part of the story to come. I don't know if it's said to be concluded or not. I kind of like the shorter stories they were going with because I like that they were building Scarlet Spider's world and, and having a very fast pace to it. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about having an ongoing storyline that keeps going. But I like the Texas Twister. Yeah, the Rangers team seems nice and cool. Like some nice new original blood that's from the Marvel Universe just for giggles, even if they don't uh, end up being anything more than a cheap little team. Well, Texas Twister is a very... He's an old, long-standing character. A bunch yeah, of them are. You know really? Okay, yeah. Did I you ever read the, uh, the Canadian Amazing Spider-Man issue with uh, the Calgary... When they were in Calgary for the Calgary Stampede? And the you Texas sh- Twister... You showed it to me. I didn't take a... No? Oh, okay. Well, you're, you missed out. I apparently... missed out in a major way. Canadian listeners will will appreciate that hopefully because <laughs> those are some great comics. Uh, I guess quick shots. So X Men Legacy you didn't read. No, again I I flipped through it quickly. Cause I, I stopped reading it only because um, I thought, oh wait, I might be missing something. So let me read these other AVX books first. Again, the okay. problem with where these fall, right? Because as I read, when I read the first issue. I go, okay, uh, Magic throws Miss Marvel in the volcano. Yep. I was going to feel bad about it and try and save her kind of thing, which yeah. I guess is still the gist, but. I felt there might have been more stuff I was missing, okay. but apparently not. Like oh, even no. you know, like even like you know, they open up the one issue of VX and they say Thor's down, and you see Magic and Colossus, mm-hmm. you know, taking them down. But yet in the Versus book, you have Thor getting yeah. owned by Emma. So Where like, when that did that happen? When did this happen? Is is this part? I I thought maybe. Um, Thor beats Emma in the Versus book, but mm. at the end, oh, here's Colossus and Magic now to take you yeah. one kind of thing. That's not what happened. That is true. Yeah, I agree that they they won't do it because they, they, they keep resisting it. But they really just need to put in uh, editorial boxes. Editorial boxes would solve it. Just be like for for more for like just to point people in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Like especially the first few issues, which you had a lot of people running at each other to have a fight, but you didn't see the fight. You yeah. just had the idea that they're they're fighting. Yeah. Somewhere in the Marvel universe, there's a book featuring this, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It would have. I'm surprised, just from a, a marketing standpoint, when they wouldn't put a a nice little, you know, for more on this fight that you want to see, check out this check issue. Book, yeah, like, yeah. Why the hell not? I mean, because I want to see that Colossus Magic versus Thor fight, you know. Yeah. Um, and that should be in the versus books. So they're probably not going to be. No, I don't um, know what they're doing with those. I, those are, overall, they've been disappointing. They, they, I think they missed the opportunity there to really make them awesome. Um, I agree. Are we running over time here or something? No, we're good for time. Okay. Um, so, again, overall, I have I have like I have been disappointed with the series. Um, I think there's still plenty of directions they may end up after all is said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's almost as a point we live in this world with with solicits, so we know all this other stuff is coming. You know, so yeah. it does, yes, doesn't spoil anything per se, but you can still draw lots of conclusions. Based well, on what they, yeah. Well, I, I had the feeling a year ago when when Flashpoint was wrapping up, it, that was even worse though, because then you felt like who cares? Because there was a lot of books that were about to end, but like, why would you even bother reading the stories? You know that everything was about to be wiped out, especially some characters like, uh, you know, where you know where you already had solicits showing that they're going to be completely different, like. Uh, 
not Suicide Squad because that didn't exist, but like Birds of Prey, you knew it was about to be something totally different. Even Batgirl, you knew it was about to be a different Batgirl. Like, yeah. it, it kind of, and at least with this one, at least we know that it's not a complete reboot. It's just a revamp and a relaunch out of out of an event. Yeah, it's so, just the world universe evolving yeah, yet again. So, it, has so at events. least that's the case. Whereas at least it was worse there because then you knew that the stuff you were reading wasn't going to matter. At all, you could just throw it out, like, mm-hmm. stop reading it. Doesn't matter how it ends because it's never going to be referenced to again, unless it's in Green Lantern or Batman. <laughs> yes, because yes. if you're reading anything else, it's going to be thrown out like great, like Superman. Like you could forget it. Like he's not married anymore. He's not even dating Lois uh, in Action Comics. He's killed off uh, Clark Kent, and then Flash, Flash has killed off Barry Allen. It's just like stop killing off your identities. What's wrong with you? Like, I, I just don't understand what they're doing there. So, but yeah, I I agree that it does in this world of solicits. It definitely changes the way you view how the books are happening and how they're working. Yeah. Uh, at least I I don't know how AVX is going to end. No one does, which is nice. It's so which, it is there. nice because I have no clue, and I'm kind of more excited that way because everyone for a long time thought, well, Jean Grey will be back. Well, now we know it's the past version of Jean Grey. And they've said that's going to be not just for the first arc. That's going to keep going. Yeah. They're going to be in the present for a while. How yeah. do you feel, how do you feel about that? Original uh, X Men being in the present. It's it's a crazy idea. Um, well, it's a pretty common one coming science fiction. Just, no, absolutely it is. But, but uh, overall, like you know, you know, my biggest concern is can the original six, original five, I should say, um, and the current five, barring Gene, uh, the further left, can they? even remotely coexist or will they all see their end at the end of AVX right? I hope not and I think then... I don't think they'd bother bringing because it would lack I think it, it makes it's more dramatic sense to be able to see yourself uh, and what happens to you as opposed to just finding out that you died uh, actually it kind of brings up I'm reading Spider-Man and Spider-Man number 4 came out so uh, Peter Parker goes to say hi to Aunt May and Gwen Stacy and it's this really interesting uh, interaction between them because he's trying to find out what happened to young Peter and he meets up with his grieving aunt and who just who's already having a hard time knowing that her nephew's dead and so that, uh, for years it People had thought, you know, would it be interesting to see young Peter meet old Peter? But it was actually pretty interesting just to see old Peter realize what impact his younger self had had and that he died before he could be a, the hero that he'd become. Yes. So uh, I, th- I think it's more interesting to be able to meet yourself. So I'm, 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 pretty, hope- I'm pretty hopeful that most of them are going to be alive. Iceman is not going to die. I he's, suppose, especially now that he's... He's got a job and we'll bring the next man. Come on. No, that's great, but I... <laughs> see, if... So does Gambit, but he's back to being a thief, so... Oh, that's, that's cool. He references it though. He's like, I gotta. He's like, how's this my life? He's like, I have, t- you know, he has t- courses to teach, and he's just like, how do you go from being this badass thief to having courses? But oh, fair enough. That's that's life in the X Men world. Like, it is. That's how. It's, cra- it's crazy. I mean, uh, Havoc back in the day, he used to be an accountant. Or was that Bobby? Bobby was the accountant. Really? Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, I. It's one thing if. They all came in, they saw their future selves, whoa, it's kind of crazy. And then, you know, maybe the rest of them leave, but and Gene stays kind of thing. That's fine, but they've already said they're keeping all five of them there. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I'd like to see Angel meet Angel, because I don't know who would be more confused. <laughs> it's true. No, I get that. Angel will work for a short period, for one story arc or something, that, that would work. But then eventually those characters go back. If they're planning to keep them long term, I don't see them coexisting long term. That's my problem. There's too much... It'd be too weird. To have At the end of the term. day, they don't have to. 
the minute they go forward, doesn't it kind of make it a different unit? Like, maybe they're not from Earth 1616. They don't have to be. Like, we're, we're thinking... Oh, we haven't of, established that yet. Yeah, we're thinking of a very, like, point A to point B, but why if it's point A slash 1? You know, it doesn't, like... In that way, you can kind of keep your their ongoing continuity still technically correct, but then you can still have these young versions. It's like Teen Tony all over again. The minute you grab Tony Stark from the past, change his entire history. He's no longer... It was their past, but now it wasn't their past anymore. It was a different past, but their future was still the same, so their reality was yeah, separate. Yeah, all time travel, man. Now, that being said, referencing the crossing, probably not the greatest <laughs> argument. <laughs> I know. Because it's one of the most, you know, not good storylines from the 90s. Most, uh, I forget what it said in the back of the, the omnibus. It was like the most... Um, one of those adjectives for like most infamous, infamous storylines that they've oh, ever okay. done because it was terrible. Wow. What, and that was that. That was the twenty we had back in onslaught, right? The younger. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I remember. No, they never actually took off his his helmet no. during the entire storyline. No. So as a kid, no, no idea. idea better, yeah. And that's probably, they did that on purpose, probably just so they didn't confuse the bloody hell out of you at the time. <laughs> Tony Stark as a kid? What? Yeah. What's happening? And like, yeah. oh yeah, this storyline just happened and it's terrible. But uh, we'd like you to know because we want to ruin your life. <laughs> hey, you want me to hate comic books forever? Um, did you? You don't read Venom? Nah. I, no, I, I I have a stockpile of stuff to read for Venom. Okay. Um, but uh, I have not read a Venom in a long time. All right. Because so it was a book that I wanted to like but didn't, didn't quite latch no. on to. You weren't a big fan of Crime Master and Jack and Lantern, and it, it was, I guess, a little too creepy and too dark. With the whole scooping out people's brains, brains and putting like that, that is creepy beyond yeah. measure. Like that still really yeah. puts me off. But you know what? Very, they, very few times they recently a comic that bothered me. I remember the first the first thing that ever bothered me when I read a comic book was when uh, during Wolverine and when he first faced Mister X. Was it okay? The telepath who could oh yeah pick his moves right. Um, and they were kind of showing how he kind of became who he was, and oh, yeah. he put, he said he had a puppy and put it in the oven, and that was baked it. I remember and that. I'm like, you killed this puppy. I, I don't know. It's such a silly thing, I, but no, it, it uh, that was, me. No, I agree. Uh, that had an amazing art in that issue, by the way. That was by Sean Chen. Some of his uh, his earliest work with Wolverine, his character, brilliant stuff. Very horrific. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, that reminds me of because the detail was so good, but a horrific event. Reminds me of David Finch in uh, Ultimatum with Bloppy Even Wasp. Yeah. Horrific. Yeah. Disgusting. That yeah. really threw me. That, that yeah. would be on my list of most cringe-inducing yeah. uh, comics. But beautiful art. Like, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. But I don't want to see that. No, I want to no. forget it ever happened. Yeah. So thank you, Ultimate Universe, for making me never want to pick you up. Because that that was really it. It was? Um, so that was disturbing. So yeah, so... Yeah. I, yeah, the, the Venom, Jack Leonard stuff is pretty disturbing. I give credit, though, because they're using a character name that everyone knows. Everyone knows Jack Lantern. It's long, it was a long-standing character. I don't ever think of the old one. I only think of this one. So they made this one separate, unique, and different. Mm-hmm. You can't say that for most of the Green Goblins or Hobgoblins. Like They've all kind of been the same. This one's been... except for, Even Phil Urich's Hobgoblin hasn't been that different. Mm-hmm. He's just a punk goblin, like... Which really upsets me because he's so dumb. Um, but at least they've made Jack Leonard his own character. Horrific and disgusting, but uh, no, I won't spoil it for you. But they did reveal who Crime Master was, and it was okay. actually as uh, I, I feel like it's the type of thing you would have been like, who? And, and for me, I was like, what? That that character hasn't been around since like 1965. Oh, okay, I have no idea who he is. Yeah, like and like so like 
basically, if you pick up my Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 1, you read those, and then you read that, and you're like, what? Okay. Uh, it was a shock, and it definitely changed how I viewed the entire series. Interesting. Uh, because we've been viewing a lot of, like, Crime Master keeps tormenting Flash by trying to threaten Betty, etc. But we learned there's a whole different connection for Crime Master and Betty that we never saw coming. Okay. Uh, and even referencing it won't spoil it for you because you don't even know who the character is. Fair enough. So you'll be like, what? Yeah. I think the book has rushed a lot of things for me in terms of meeting Spider-Man, wearing the symbiote for too long. Um, yeah, it you know, did kind of go one to... Yeah, like, it went really fast. And, you know... Um, and I, then, I, I and like then the, the whole, whole hell stuff. Yeah. I loved all the, the whole overall concept. I loved it at the beginning. Like, hey, you got Venom as a elite black ops soldier for the government. Like they Thompson, threw that away so fast. You know, it worked for me really well. And Spider Island happened. What yeah. I do like is that apparently, originally, they, they'd asked the writer, uh, I guess it was Remender, yeah. do you want to be involved in Spider Island? And then I'm glad that they, he was like, well, yeah, why not? And then some really important stuff happened in that book. So, like, if you want to pick up, I was actually looking at Venom Trades, and they, they don't collect the issues. That were from Spider Island because it's only collected in the actual Spider Island trade. So that's yeah. actually pretty awesome that like it went from being well maybe it'll be a tie-in to being an, an integral, integral part. part. Absolutely. So that's that's how you do a tie-in, Marvel. That's yeah. like you do a mini storyline that has a few not as necessary tie-ins because those miniseries weren't really that necessary. Did you no, read any of them? No, no, they weren't that good. Cloak and Dagger and Shang Chi. Yeah, but, you know, but I give credit because if you like Cloak and Dagger, you have no other place to read them. Like a lot of these tie-ins, they focus on characters that already have eight hundred books. Um, like Batman is a good character who like whenever they have a crossover it's just like do we need more Batman they have so many books whereas Cloak and Dagger has none yeah. Shang-Chi none so I, I, you know what if you really like Shang-Chi you have no place to f- get your fix you had Secret Avengers for a few months and then he was gone so again at least it's a tie in of a character that needs some exposure and at least putting Spider-Man on the title will give him that exposure Wolverine doesn't need that exposure no. that kind of thing yeah um so you're not reading Venom. We're not caught up, but you will be at some point, hopefully. Remender's gone, by the way. Okay. Yeah, he just left with his past issue. Oh, really okay. it was really good. I I found personally it was wasn't his strongest issue. It jumped around in time frames, which I thought was meant to make it deeper, and I felt it felt it made it more of a struggle to get all the way through it because I felt like it was taking me out of the action to go, make me go back in time. I didn't need to because I liked where I was going. Okay. This will make more sense later. Sure. Uh, Fantastic Four, 609, we kind of flipped through this together. I was really upset with Stegman's work, not his best. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's his colors and his anchor. I think they were better. By the looks Spider. of it, yes, I think so. It's still there, but not as clean. It's no. crisp and clean in Scarlet it's Spider. so clean. Yeah, it's really dirty. That, I don't know if they're trying to make that the tone of Fantastic Four. I don't, I don't read Fantastic Four, so yeah. maybe you can speak to it better For than I can. For this issue, maybe that is true, actually, because he's dealing with characters from the future who are dealing with like a dead Galactus husk for lack of a better word yeah it makes more sense that maybe they want to go a little dirtier with it and maybe the next storyline will be a lot cleaner uh makes me sad though because hickman's gonna almost done anyway so won't matter yeah do we now do you want to touch on the the creative teams or do you want to leave that for uh i'll probably leave that for later but i can just mention that it is fraction and bakley on fantastic four i'm excited i love mark bakley i you know that. Yes, I mean, artistically fine, but do we think Fraction can, can carry the load for Fantastic Four? Uh, it's going to be a very different book. It's not going to be what it has been for the last few years. So everything I've loved about Hickman's run, it won't be. But you know what? That's There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I liked Mark Wade and Wieringo's run on Fantastic Four. The one that came after it was JMS. Very different. Uh, some of the same beats, but it went from being like... I mean, I know you weren't a big fan of that, but I think I gave you all those Fantastic Four trades. 
You didn't really. Oh, I, I went through. I, see, I'm, I have such a, such a if, hard time. It feels with very old before. now because it's all most of it's pre-Avengers Disassembled, yeah. which is a whole different version of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So it's very dated. It feels dated because it takes place in a Marvel Universe that doesn't exist anymore. So it's kind of like reading well any of the, anything that happened after every event because those universes don't really exist anymore. Like that status quo doesn't exist. Um, so it was, everything that came after. Wade and Ringo wasn't the same for me, but it was it was different. But it was trying to do something. And you had Hudlin come on; it was awful. When you had that weird FF team with Black Panther and Storm, and I just didn't care. And Black Panther putting Silver Surfer in an arm lock totally would happen. Um, and then Mark Millar did, hated his run. That's what made me sad about this Rotation issue. I didn't care about that future version of uh, the Defenders that Millar had with him and Hitch. And now the Kingman still plays with them once in a while, and I don't care. Mm. So. Kind of probably why I don't care as much, but I'm I'm looking forward to see what the next Fantastic Four will feel like. Um, I kind of wish apparently the Future Foundation as a concept will still be around. I don't know if that's a good idea because Hickman did it right. I don't know if anyone else can get that science fiction aspect down. Hick, uh, Fraction's good, but I don't know if he can do science. Like whenever he has Iron Man trying to do more sciencey things, it just doesn't feel right. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it always feels kind of like, yeah. I get your idea, I get your concept with all the resilient stuff, but you don't really go anywhere with it. The execution it. isn't quite there. You no, know, yeah. and like, uh, Tony's a futurist, he's very science-oriented, but he doesn't feel science-oriented in that book. Like, he does science things, but again, it does. It feels very Hollywood, as opposed to, like, when you watch really good sci-fi, and then you watch sci-fi that's basically just, like, it's like the, it looks like the most recent Total Recall movie, where it's just splash, 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 but we're not really going to explain any of the tech to you. It's not going to look realistic, it's just going to look splashy. Yeah. That's what Matt Fraction feels like in terms of science. Writing a book like Fantastic Four, which for the last few years has been so science, and really cool, and like alternate realities, but like really smart exploration, I'm scared beyond belief, but the art's going to look great. So at least that's As long better. as it lasts. Yeah, as long, well as Bagley. Bagley is one of the few artists... It's true, but how long will we leave him on that particular project? That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, unfortunately, they like moving people around. But at least he's an artist that you know it isn't because he's slow. Because yes. some artists, like, you're like, oh, well, he just couldn't keep up the pace. So the, like, that's the good thing about Amazing Spider-Man, having all the rotating artist teams. That's how you're going to do it right. Absolutely, especially with a twice-monthly book. Yeah, well, you need it. Unless yeah. it's Bagley. Bagley is the only one who could do that. And even then... And his work's still good. He doesn't, like, rush it and scratch it through. His work is always... Unlike John Romita well, Jr.? Well, yes. You can tell when he's rushing. Oh, man. It's brutal. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still floored he got as many issues as he did at AVX. He did a lot of them. And they're First pretty good. Five. Koi Pell was not as his best for his. And he only had, like, one or two. Like, two. Like, went through he's so back fast. next week. Good. And I really... I, I love his stuff. I really do. But it, it doesn't feel... It doesn't... It's not his best. It's it's not his best at all. What else is he doing? He has, he has no reason not to do his best for a couple of quick issues. Well, that's why I was more upset about it. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I was more disappointed. He has no... Gramita, at least he was doing a bunch of issues. Okay. And he's getting ready for his new Captain America run. With Rick Remender. Just plugging that one. Um, nice square jawed Cap coming your way. Well, that is Cap, though. That's okay. Um, the new FF team, Matt Fraction and Mike Alred. Do you know anything about Mike Alred? You ever read Madman comics? No. Uh, do you remember X-Force after they had uh, Counter-X, and then after that they had the weird X-Force with Dupe? Yes. That's the artist. Oh. Now, but think of it. On FF it could work. It's, it's, uh, have well, you seen... they're going to give it more than just 
I killed crayons coloring it because it was so bland. There was nothing. I know. To it. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, the team is going to be, and I don't quote me on it. I think it's She-Hulk. Thing picks She-Hulk to take his spot. Like, well, but they're off planet, or off world, or whatever. Uh, I think Medusa's on the team. Medusa, Ant Man, Scott Lang. Which I mean, at least do something with him. You brought him back and killed off his daughter. Please give the man a book. Like that's yeah. Talk about a comic book character who's been disrespected. Like killing off was fine. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't upset. I was like, okay, we don't need that man. And then they they already had the irredeemable, or they were about to bring him in. So I'm like, all right, I don't really care if they kill that man. But then to bring him back, kill off his daughter, and then it's just like, and then do nothing with him. That's disrespecting a character. Sure. So where are they in the Avengers for all this nonsense too? Yeah, they're nowhere. They've been. They're kids. Like, yeah, well, because they, they're not really a team anymore. Yeah, so, Sometimes when you, yeah, when you really think about things in the Marvel Universe, some things don't add up. I guess. I, I, I hate that they ruined the kids in Marvel. They did a really bad job at it. Yeah, well, yeah, because they didn't need to destroy the kids. I love the kids as a team, and they took that away. Uh, Kate Bishop's going to be showing up in the new Hawkeye book. Have yeah. you read it at all? No. Um, so, is it worth my time? I don't know if you'd like the art. The art would really throw you. Okay. The storyline's funny. Uh, like we have this 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 landlord was he a landlord or this slum landlord? But he keeps going like, "Come on, bro!" And, and apparently they've they've set him up with his own Twitter. Like this character has his own Twitter account. Apparently. Oh lord! Well, that's a, that's modern media for you. I guess so. It's a good book. Uh, Gambit. I know you didn't read it. I loved it. Uh, uh, Clayman, do you like his yeah. art? He's doing it. So okay. it's got really good art. Um, what I liked about it was that it was very much. Uh, saying like this is this is Gambit being who he is. This is who he is. No matter how much he's how far he's come, how much. What, apparently, what the writer really wanted to do was he didn't want to touch what every writer touches when they do a Gambit story. No Thieves Guild. No uh, New Orleans. No Belladonna. None of that crap. And I felt it was much stronger as a result because it actually felt like a character study on Gambit and not this crap swirling around him whenever people think of Gambit. Because every time he's had an ongoing book or a miniseries. Those characters always show up, and they're not as good because a lot of that stuff doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Like, have you read that Gambit series recently, like the the original one in the early nineties? Gambit Wolverine? Yeah, no, not not that one. Just the Gambit solo, the miniseries. Awful. <sighs> that, yeah, it looks amazing because I think it's by Ian Churchill or something yeah. like that, but it doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, and like, I don't, I just don't care about those characters because Belladonna. Uh, and that's pretty much, I guess, most of the, most of the issues that you kind of we've kind of flipped through or read this. Yes, week. yes. Um, I'll do better next time, everybody. Just, just you'll do better next I'll time. You promise? Time. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll you'll let your baby cry a little bit more. And yeah, just, yeah, and read more. And let the baby I, I just cry. won't work as much during the week. I'll read oh, well. some comics at the office or something. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> um, comics is your is your job at the moment. Yes. Yeah, um, awesome. So that's pretty much going to be, I guess, kind of the bulk of our show. Uh, have there been any DC comics? Just a quick. Anything DC you've been reading recently? Oh my lord! Because we've you neglected DC completely. Yes, we have, um, and so have I. Um, <laughs> no, Green Lantern. I, I'm reading. I'm still listening to all the GL stuff. I still get all three GL books. I don't get Red Lanterns, but you I get, still get all three I GL get books. All three GL books. Sticking through, eh? I'm sticking through. You're, well, you know, are you going to leave before Third Army? Are you going to? No, continue? no, I'm going to keep going. Why? Um, you know what? For me. Uh, I, I I hopped on. Do you since... get a letter in the mail every every <laughs> month saying thank you for buying our book? No, no. Thank you for buying all three of them because yeah. they're not all that good. I, you know what? I've I've hopped on since Rebirth way back in the day. I've I've read me too, but it, right since it, now. It, but it, it, it hit a point where I just had to say goodbye. 
for me, I, I still, I don't, I, I, there's some things I don't enjoy, but overall, I'm not at a point where it's, okay, this is slop, I need to stop reading it. You know, I went through the, the relaunch, and nothing happened, really. No. To be fair. Um, so I still feel like I'm reading the same whole big yeah. picture. That's true. You're not right? reading a different book, because yeah. it, it basically feels like issue 75, yeah. or whatever, it or not. It really hasn't changed all 11. that much. Um, and we can go into more DC stuff afterwards on how it doesn't make any sense. But um, that could be like so many shows. Oh, it's insane. People have done it ad nauseum, yeah. and it still get, gives me nothing but delight. Yes. Just being like, this is, makes no so, sense. The Green Lantern primary book, you know, uh, is the Sinestro show right now, and we're, we're, the Guardians are slowly becoming the bad guys, and that's interesting. Um, the recent. That uh, doesn't interest me. It's been done. I guess so, but that's fine. Is it uh, though? Is it fine? I, I'm okay with it because. You know, because you like I don't, I don't you, care. You I don't care enough to hate it, right? Okay, like, I'm, I'm just. Isn't, I'm, I'm don't, but don't you think it. that's a bad thing? Like, shouldn't the comic motivate you strongly either way? Like, you're just kind of indifferent. It's like it's okay. I it's not, so. I'm, see, I'm not loving it, but I'm not hating it, so I'm I'm okay to still read it. Okay, you know, um, Flash. I find myself in and on because I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I what I don't get is they take the characters I love that have gimmicks, and then they take their gimmicks away from them. I don't know why. Like Heatwave has like this weird thing on his chest and he's shooting out flames from it i like him having a heat gun what's wrong with a heat gun uh captain cold has like a cold arm and he just actually makes cold now i like cold guns like yeah. i i found that was some of the the fun stuff about the rogues and they're yes so, they're kind of campy they're very campy yeah. but, but jeff johns made them awesome and very yeah. fearsome even yes. though they were campy and so now like they don't have to be metahumans i feel it takes away from some of those books it's like those characters aren't as interesting uh, I believe Weather Wizard kind of is like that now. I don't think he has a wand anymore. I can't remember the most recent issue, but I think he just did something. And, like, he needs a, he needs a silly wand. <laughs> Otherwise, he's not Weather Wizard, anyway. Uh, so next time, we'll talk about more about DC, as we've been more Marvel-centric this time. But, well, we, we kind of swing that way, comic book-wise, generally. In the end of the day, yes. Um, I mean, do you buy anything that's not DC or Marvel? I mean, even DC, you only buy only, a couple. The only thing I read that's not Marvel or DC is I do read, I get and trade the Archie run of Mega Man. Really? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. And Aren't I they also, celebrating a big anniversary issue coming up? Or I feel like it is. Well, it is a, an anniversary for Mega Man right now, so I'm assuming they're going to build up to something. Are you um, Are you going to be reading the Sonic and Mega Man crossover? Oh, I wasn't aware of I believe <laughs> I, I believe there is one. I have to double check my facts uh, we'll, on that. We'll, we'll see on that. We'll see about sure. that. But uh, I, I, I have liked. I remember years ago writing to Dreamwave when they had the license very shortly for Mega Man, and I wrote to them. Actually, it was a really long, messy rant. Okay. But the Transformers chunk of it was published in the very last issue really? of Transformers uh, Armada, I believe. That's awesome. Um, that was kind of neat. But um, any case, I've I, never written in any of these. Uh, I did once, just for just for giggles, and it worked. And, yeah, it worked. It was kind of because you were you know, one, one of three four letters. Yeah, one of three four letters that arrived that day. Um, but in any case, yeah. So every the Mega Man, and I, I wrote to them and I said, you know, a Mega Man book would be awesome because you could make issue zero kind of the right like the video game issue zero with the pre level eight issues of the eight bosses, or yeah. maybe you could even do two bosses per. That actually issue, would be pretty cool, something like that. And then you finish it off with Wily Levels, and then a final issue with the last boss kind of thing, and that would easily be traded into a trade, that kind of stuff, and yeah. then it plays like a game. Um, you'd have to take some career licenses and then break up with it, but I think you could have... I think that system would work. We yeah. get too repetitive over a course of every single Mega Man game. Maybe, I don't know, but I kind of like... That's actually a really cool that concept. concept. Yeah. yeah actually, when you're, you're reading th- the video game. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And they could actually add a lot to that. Yeah. So this Mega Man right now... 
You should write. That. You should write that and pitch I, that. I should do that. Yeah. Why um, not? It's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, you're taking what's already there, but making it. So, but they're roughly like the stories now are roughly the games, right? They're kind of okay. there. Um, but again, the battles tend to go a little quick. Like you tend to have okay, I'm going to be cut man now, but it's a quick. And all you're thinking is, spread. it's not that easy. I've played <laughs> yes, this. Exactly. What are you talking about? So maybe you know they're going to prolong it uh, more in future games. We'll see where they go with it. But again, this is a much better book than what Dreamwood did for, for their little okay. forestry run. So you picked um, that up in trade. I did pick up in trade. Okay. I just got the uh, volume three recently, so I can touch on that next time. Hmm. Um, and I guess everyone's playing for Mega Man X. People want a good Mega Man X comic that we're dying for for a long time. Do they want Dreamwave, that? Yeah, Dreamwave teased it before they all fell apart. So we'll see if hmm. uh, people beg Archie enough to do it an X book because people love Mega Man X, and you could do some really cool and very dark stuff. It doesn't have to be cute and campy. Like Mega Man X is very hmm. mature, so I think they could do some really awesome stuff if they really put the right writer on that um, and then I also read the Transformer books from IDW okay. and also non-Marvel DC stuff I get that, those in trade as well okay. um, and, all, and I didn't, sk- I didn't skip over any of the other DC books you buy you buy the Green Lantern just titles. the three GL books again that's, that's it okay. right now that I purchase and as I mentioned I, I buy Flash and then uh, from Image Comics I get Manhattan Projects which is my yeah. my love book that's yeah. it's my favorite book on the stands <laughs> and as my wife said in the first our first podcast she hates the covers they're terrible I love them. I don't care. Right. And I'm double dipping soon. The trade's coming out. So thanks for listening. This has been the second episode of Comic Shenanigans. Uh, make sure to join us next time, and we'll have much more shenanigans to come. <laughs> yes. <laughs>